0: Hey guys, it's Josh, and welcome back to the Not-So-Bad Bachelor Pad. We're back for part two of Let's Get Naked with Andrew Berner and Philip Mangan. If you remember, that episode was about us talking about men just being vulnerable with themselves and those around them. A lot of people were asking to hear the parts that they took out, so... This one's for you guys who really wanted to hear the rest of the interview that I had with those two amazing men. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, do all that amazing stuff because you're amazing supporters. Like, duh. And everybody needs to be listening to this because if they're not, also stay tuned for the end where we have some big announcements dropping. We have a lot of changes changes coming up um, for the rest of the year. So I'm going to drop a few of those on you towards the end of the show. Let's dive right back in.
1: I mean... Man in, in, you know, what we what we call the Christian faith mm-hmm. today uh, was we're given the, the divine mandate that we are to be fruitful and to multiply.
2: Yes. And
1: then at some point in the movie, the creator says, you know what? You don't need to be alone. I'm going to send you a helpmate. Sends a helpmate. We're all good when the garden of eaten. Then the serpent comes in. Is tricky with the woman uh, and gets her to eat the fruit. Man comes back on scene, scene and says, it's this woman that you've given me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he immediately begins to play the blame game. Um, but even in the consequences of it, you know, where God comes back and says, hey, you'll have pain in birth and your will would be contrary to your husband. But, you know, you'll, you'll long for him. And for man, he says, you know, cursed be you! By the sweat of your brow, you'll have to till to the ground, and thorns and this thistles will come up. He doesn't say that. Hey, it's your mandate
0: mm-hmm.
1: to take care of her. And and I and I look. I I don't want to be. Uh, I'm not looking to be belligerent and cause an issue because there's so many people, no matter where you're situated in this conversation, that I think make a lot of good points, but. I think, Philip, you said something that's that's great that we all need to be able to exhale and relax in is my my sole existence as a single man seeking to live my best life and be my best self mm-hmm. is not to be concerned with attaining so I can provide for someone else. Right. Because if I don't have enough nourishment for myself and as Philip alluded to early on in conversation, and if, if I'm not loving myself, if I'm not able to do the work for myself regularly, I can't provide anything for you. But I think that provide word comes out a lot in society because if we're completely honest, most of us aren't doing the work that we need to do in our personal lives. Right. And we would rather put the responsibility and or onus on someone else to take care of this and to do that. And that's why we see a lot of these relationships, marriage, whatever it may be, they don't work out because you're not comfortable being alone doing the work.
2: I, I agree. I, <laughs> exactly. You're, you're, I think people, I mean, even on a greater scale really. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think for even relationships in, in general, I think most people aren't providing for themselves. And then, down the line that's why so many relationships don't work out because they there's they realize there's some sort of uh there's something off there when they didn't they didn't recognize that at the beginning because they were operating in that certain way of
0: this is what i have to do to you know to make this other person happy but then in reality that's not happiness with with yourself it's rare for you guys to hear me speechless but i can say this is becoming probably one of the best conversations I've had. We've had on the show simply because I just like where we're all resonating right now. It's, these are things that I would say or that I I have mentioned all the time um, throughout my narrative. Uh, I'm a big believer. If you, like I said, if you, if you're not taking care of the little things, they add up really quickly and you may not see them crack at the front. You might have a little weakness on the side of the structure but best believe somewhere is giving give. You see it a lot in our relationships is we think that we always need to lead, but we're not, we're not the boss in our relationship. We're partners. And as partners, we all have duties or strengths and there's always a time that we, we take a step back and then they flourish. And I feel like as men, um, we sometimes forget that and we always think that we have to lead no matter no matter what um, that's not a tangle for two it's just me myself and I you know um, with some arm candy that's but that's not how that works you know um, you know because I don't yeah if, if you're like that uh, I, I don't know it makes sense to me I don't know if that what I said made sense nah, to me. I mean, yeah
2: it resonates I mean I mean I just think I think like, I don't know for some reason I just feel like we still society even though the the equality is there in in many different ways I still think society pushes that on us to where we feel like there's maybe because there's not enough conversations like this that's probably to be honest is that if you're not on the same page from someone like with someone from the start um, then of course you're not going to be on the same page like later on so I think these these deep conversations need to play a role in everyday life and and become the norm because I think the new norm, I'd have to say, because I think there's still a lot of even though like if I didn't want to feel that pressure to provide, there's something in, inside me that feels like I don't know. There, even though like I know like to me, I guess I had the best definition, and I, I'll just share something with you. I, I thought about this recently with like what makes me a man. And I, and I thought, well, it's owning my feelings and owning the situation. And so, yeah, I can own my feelings and I can and dive deep. But owning the situation is in, like, I'm going to handle whatever is in front of me. And if that means not leaning on, on this and feeling like, okay, if I say I, I moved into my parents' house and I was feeling – even though, like, I'd, I'd appreciate their help, it was—it's nice to have help. Is this making me feel like less because I'm not provi- like taking control and providing for myself?
1: Right. Maybe, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't feel that
2: way. But honestly, there's something about owning your own situation moving forward. Yeah, it's, it doesn't. There's no problem with asking for help. i am all—I'm a big believer. But there's—I think there's a borderline in that of saying like I can take care of myself. And even on a a financial scale of being able to pay for my bills, but take care of myself in everything that who I am, my feelings, and and all that you know expands beyond that. So I I think there's something that there's like a a, a borderline there of like riding someone's like else's, you know, this way actually wanting more into being more in, in control of. Your situation and taking control of that.
0: I and I and I I get that because I, I think it's funny where people choose to take an active role in their life. Is what I meant to say, and it's because sometimes they. I think I said they may neglect work on themselves because they think that they have to meet these check boxes that we've put in place. Okay, once you hit eighteen, you should have your own place. You should go to college. You should have have been in, like, at least one relationship. You should have done this, that, and the other. When, like I said, in all reality, I was, like, this is your Mad Libs. Like, you can put in whatever words, whatever goals, whatever ideologies that you see fit, and it could change. Like, it doesn't have to stay the same. Um, But I get that. Like, I'm not going to say that there isn't a nurture uh, component to that because from the time we were little, like, even though it may not have been – in your face, like you've always been groomed to become independent, um, and the version of independent that most of us get is you need your own. But I've met some people, so like where I live at now, it's very communal, and even along my travels, like there are just some places that are super communal where nobody really has their own. Everything is is shared, or if one person is lacking or needing, we don't we don't voice it. We just show up. Uh, and support. And that's where I feel like our role or my, that's why I feel like my role is not as a man, uh, but as a person. And, and and that's how sometimes how I like to identify because I feel like when we, yes, I know there are differences between women and men. I feel like sometimes we focus on that too much and we could just take a step back and like, as a person, what should I need to do? Because I was like, like you said, like, I feel like that's, what starts to create inequality sometimes is we focus on that separation as a man, like I need to do this. No, like as a person, here's what I need to do in order to be an effective person.
1: Yeah, I think we, you're right on. I think we allow, again, others to control a conversation that we need to be consistently having with ourselves. Yes. I, I had a kid when I worked for a college readiness program. Uh, some years back, this guy, he had great energy. He was just a good dude, but his life away from the high school was hell. Mm-hmm. His mother was strung out on drugs. His dad had abandoned them years ago. So there would be times where he would come into school. He he hasn't eaten. They got to go on a field trip. He doesn't have money for that. Everybody's supposed to go. Doesn't have clothes. We got to clothe them. We got to feed them. We got to pay for the trip and we get it taken care of. And And hear my hear me. This, this is not a one-time thing. This is every day. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're teaching him how to tie his tie. We're making sure his hygiene is, hey, go go to the locker room and shower up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring you some clothes in there. And we're, we're getting him ready because he, he did not have the other resources and connections that other students at the school had, right? Mm-hmm. And so as we were approaching Uh, the end of his senior year, we're we're pushing, we're like, hey, do well in this class so that you can pass and you can graduate. Now, here's my point in this. When he graduated, it was huge for us to be able to get him a part-time job so that he could work his way into a
0: full-time
1: job, his own apartment, and help him get a moped so he can get back and forth to work. Right? Why? Because he could have a healthy area that he could call his own and be away from all the chaos. Mm-hmm. But two, he could be a contributing citizen that wouldn't end up on the books downtown or in prison or jail because we could take him or help him get out of a situation that otherwise was dismal. Right. The reason that I use that The situation is, and a great brother, he's still doing well today in the same city, working a full-time job, a nine to five, but he's able to pay his own rent, and he can get back and forth, is we said something when we all started, and I I wanted to interject it then, but I think it's perfect now. No human being on the face of this world will define success as the same thing. Yes. But each individual closely defines what failure is. Mm. What we run amok is projecting and telling people what success looks like Mm -hmm. when all reality, whether you come into this world and you're a Nobel Peace Prize winner or if, and this this, these are no slights, I'm just trying to go on the extremes of what people would consider, whether you're a bus driver, a custodian, whatever it may be, if you fulfill your purpose and through that, you've made a contribution in this life before the life is taken from you, that's success. And and I think going back to the headline of vulnerability that we're here to discuss is if we're willing to be vulnerable, as you say, with our person, we can do great things. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you're jousting in romantic or family or just friendship, if you're jousting always for position and to prove this or to do this or because you feel like you you have to, then you're not vulnerable enough in your own state where you know what you need so -hmm. that you can be fulfilled.
0: Talked about it. We've mentioned it a lot, uh, but I just want to just go ahead and hit this hammer on the nail. Do you believe that men in particular, uh, even though I just talked about not not separating the two, just people, uh, do you think in general men are less vulnerable? Than women, I don't even want to say that. Do you think men, out of all groups, because I'm gonna I'm gonna add kid, like kids in here because we've been talking a lot about youth, and then even once you get to, a, I feel like once you hit a certain point of life, uh, the senior citizens, I feel like your view also changes as well. Like I, I feel like, I feel like senior citizens and children are probably the most honest people on the earth because they both just do not give a fuck. Uh, because so I was like, kids, like, yeah, they don't know better. And then, like, once you get to a certain age, you're like, I did my time, okay? I contributed to society. I've lived a life. I've done the role. I want to retire my role and just be me. I feel like out of all those groups of people, those extremes, I feel like the modern male from adolescence to middle age, I feel like they're the least, they're the least vulnerable people, simply whether it's because it's what's expected of us or because we're afraid of how we'll be viewed if we do show our vulnerability.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right there. I think, um, I think we're, we're afraid that of how we're going to be viewed, but from my experiences, uh, especially most recent experiences, uh, it's kind of like what I talked about at the beginning there was when you, when you open one door, you know, it leads to the next and it gives you more confidence to keep going into that arena and, um, you know, showing your true self. I think with vulnerability, it works the same way. Uh, you know, it's very powerful when you actually you realize it's, it's not scary once you get it out there because most people will connect with you. Uh, I think that's the thing is we we think that people aren't going to connect with us, um, whether it's men or women. Uh, you know, like whether you know if they if they were choosing not to be vulnerable, we have that of, of that fear that people are not going to connect with us. But in reality, it's the opposite. So we we have to look at it like that. I think moving forward because from my personal experiences, and I'm sure many people have had this, when you open up, people are opening up too. Oh, me too. I thought I was the only one that feels this way. right? You know, and you hear that often. And then I think there, you gain that, that a little bit more comfort in being, in gaining that connection and then confidence to continue to open yourself up. But if you don't experience that from the beginning, you know, you know, of whether it's adolescence or whatever, when you're starting to try to achieve that love from the outside world, whether it's from, you know, girls, you know, in high school or middle school, whenever you start getting an interest in girls and you're, you're hearing more of that noise of the pop culture saying this or that, if you're not experiencing that from the very beginning, you're just building up that wall. And I think for men, Since again, society plays that role into it. I think we fall victim to that more so than women because men are strong, women are, you know, emotional. That's what you hear all the time. Right. So there, it's not our fault. I don't think. You know, to be honest, I think that we've just kind of been falling victim to the, you know, society in, in many ways and. And you can't even blame how you're raised, to be honest, because you know, our parents fell victim to society in that way. So it's just being passed along to generations, uh, to continue to operate that way. Maybe there's a little bit of growth and lenience to things, but I think since it's built up, it's been fed, it's like a muscle, it's gained strong, strength. To break that down, you know, is going to take the, the work of channeling that new muscle to to take over so uh, I think that's really what the the issue is but it's just it, it's amazing how how we're afraid but it's so it's it's so the opposite when you're actually when you open yourself up and you right. can see how powerful it is
0: And what I'm gonna say to your point is I almost feel like that's conflicting. Because I feel like 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 you were saying, once you finally open up, you go from being uh, a passenger uh, along this societal norm to an active member of change. Because it's like if like true, it's acclimated over generations, uh, which it's made it tradition. But to start a new tradition, all it takes is two people, you and me. You know uh and if i teach myself something new and you teach yourself something new and then we teach our partner something new and then we teach our children something new already exponentially we're making a more active change um to it and so i feel like that's that's part of the issue that uh and one of the reasons i'm we're doing this today is to get like fellows like tune in listen to this part uh Ladies too, like, you're not a passenger in your life. We talked about this, like drop, being the captain, steering. Women, if you want your man uh, or your partner to be more open with you, you have to create a safe space for the time that they do try to open up to you that they don't feel like they're going to get shut down or invalidated because then they're going to go back to this whole this mindset that like, maybe I shouldn't be vulnerable. Maybe I do just have to bottle everything up. I'm going to put my big boy pants on. I'm going to go out get some bacon, bring it home to the table. I was like, when that's, that's, that, that, that benefits nobody. Men, when you realize your truth and you start to live that truth, like you said, you just, you feel better. You feel lighter. You start to experience more joy. You can rejoice in the fact that you know you're doing all you can. I'm um, going to use Philip's word for 2021, rejoice, rejoice in that fact that you're living your honest truth, because not everybody does. So the fact that you can discover that and pass that on to somebody is beautiful. I like to say that it's time to wake up, start the ignition. We're driving. OK, right? yeah. we're te- I don't like cruise control. All right. Foot on the gas. We're going forward to a new era the era of the modern man, the era of enlightenment, okay? That's where we're at. That's where I'm at. You know, uh, so if, if y'all want to join me, I got room, you know. All right, this is the Uber XL, all right? I laughed last
1: week. I, uh, I, I, when I was a kid, and even even now as an adult, I, uh, I like the shoes LA Gears, yeah, you oh, know, because they light up on the bottom. Took me
0: back, took me back.
1: And, uh, I told my friend, I was like, I'm going to get some LA gears. And she, she like smirked at me. And I was like, I was like, I I don't care. I'm I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to get the gold shiny pair and I'm going to get the gold shiny Royal blue pair uh, that I want because I, I always liked them. But I, I too, like when I, when I stepped away from that, I, um, I have to take a moment because I realized that I had finally gotten to a point, honestly, in some areas of my life where I'm unbothered by others' responses. And when I was doing that, that assessment in my alone time, um, some of the reason that I think I've been tired in this last season of life is um, it's been a shedding of old skin for me, Mm. you know, kind of like snakes shed skin and they have new skin. I thought about the fraternity that I pledged, uh, Omega Psi Phi, and as soon as I finished the pledging process, how many of my line brothers, and I've got some good line brothers, I think they're all good men, but I saw so many grown men begin to change and act differently, Um, and I realized that some of them felt like they needed this, Mm -hmm. so that they were affirmed or so that they mattered. And that was a huge turnoff for me to the point where unless I'm in a crowd and I'm dealing with someone that I think has a, a understanding of who they are, I don't mention it. I, I, I even thought about my profession. As much as we do service to so many people in a hospital, I recognize and want to include myself in the problem. My colleagues come in and there's just jousting for, well, I should do this and I need to do this. And... You, for me, sitting back, you wonder like, well, the work that we're doing is important, whether you're out front or I'm out front, whether they remember my name or yours, it doesn't matter
0: mm-hmm.
1: And so I don't think it's a gender thing right uh, as you were were saying, I think it's one of those things where you really do have to find peace as Philip said, we started there. You have to find peace internally so that you can be vulnerable with yourself. And through that, you know what you need to be healthy and happy. Um, and I'm so thankful, you know, I, I tell people sometimes when I'm rapping with them, I do feel like I'm a late bloomer, you know, I'm 35 and I've finally gotten to this point. But it also excites me because I, I begin to think if I if I've done this much, cause you know, God has been really good to me. I've lived in other countries. Uh, You know, I travel from a lot of different cities and states, and I think I'm on the other end of the spectrum, personality wise and life stage wise, because what what Josh and I do have in common is we we understand those moments where some people would define it as being stuck. We're able to stand in it and assess and see what what should I learn? How can I, I squeeze everything out of this limit? But I'm at a place where, because I've now become more comfortable and content in me, I'm actually ready to get somewhere and grow roots. Before, and I, I think I'll be doing this my life, I'll still be tasting different fruits and seeing you know, if I like them or not. But for me, now I'm to a place where I want some stability in some areas as far as location and seeing, can I build with a partner? Why? Because I finally started being vulnerable with myself. You know, I'll I'll tell you this, Philip, because Josh knows uh, by many definitions right now, I I am homeless. I, um, I came back in January. I didn't think I was coming back. I've lost four family members. They've had COVID and they died. And so it's been a... I appreciate it, but it's been an up and down, you know, last two years or whatnot. And I didn't think I was going to come back, but I was at home in Winston and I didn't feel comfortable because I saw what my mother was dealing with and trying to help my sister and et cetera. And I felt like at this stage, I needed a space, even if it's not mine. Mm -hmm. So I came back and I've done some couch surfing. I'll sleep, you know, at the hospital sometimes, but I got to tell you, man, I'm not stressed like I feel great and it's like I know that I reached a place now where everything that I'm doing is building to me positioning myself in a place that I want to stay for a while so that I can grow roots and I'm gonna tell you the the main reason that I've come to that place Mm -hmm. and I'm equipped now and I don't feel ashamed about it and I can talk about it is I've become vulnerable with myself And I'm not really concerned what other people are saying.
0: Listen, listen, listen. I don't know if y'all was listening, but I'm going to say it again. Listen, this man just gave you a word. This is your skin. This is your life. If you are not comfortable inside of it, something is wrong. When you're at a fork in the road, all you have to do is take one step. Because you know what happens when you take a step? You can correct but if you do not start, if you do not take that step, you're stuck. You have nowhere to go. You, you don't know if you're going the right direction. Y'all, just take, take a step today. If nothing else, find one part of your life where you're not the happiest or you've been itching to tell somebody something because you wanted to like get closer to your truth. Take that step, okay? Now, that pivot might mean a plethora of different things, but that's going to be for you to find out on this journey. But once again, take that step today. All right. I'm going to step off my high horse for a second. I'm going to get off the soapbox. Uh, and we're going to come back down and uh, have some general conversation. All righty, guys. Uh, it is that time of day. I know it was like a weird, abrupt place to stop. But sometimes you just got to break things off in small doses. But before we get out of here and wrap up another episode of the Not So Bad Bachelor Pad, it's time for questions of the day. I know you love to hear it. I love to say it. Let's get into it. This is the part of the show where we ask both our guests five questions to really get to know them. You're like, well, why don't we do this at the start? Because I like to do things backwards, all right? It's my show. I run it how I want. Or you can skip to the end of the show, listen, and go back because uh, I'll leave that in the show notes. Question one, Mr. Burner, What's your biggest turn on? Oddly enough, vulnerability. Vulnerability. And truth. Now, while I got you right here, um, like I said, you were on episode three, uh, lust versus love. And we talked about intimacy in that episode. Do you think vulnerability is so attractive because there are nodes of intimacy inside of it?
1: Uh, For me, at least. Um, I would say no. Vulnerability is attractive to me because I long to engage people who are authentically themselves. Consistently, it's such a rare thing in society. We we are so used to dressing ourselves up, and uh, and so when I engage someone and they're comfortable with who they are and they they can give to you who they are and they are um, they stand in that. For me, that's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I long for it. So when I see it, I'm drawn to it and it attracts me. So, uh, you know, within that, right, there's levels of intimacy, but I, I don't think that's that as much as uh, the draw of that authenticity allures me.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. So I would have to say my biggest turn on is someone that can challenge me intellectually. I uh, think that If someone is pushing me past limits that I've never been before, it's really attractive to me because I'm exploring more of who I can become and open up myself on another level to not only connect to myself, but to connect to them.
0: All right. We're going to flip the coin. Uh, Biggest turnoff liars mean people
1: negativity
0: oh see i might have to disagree with you just a little bit here i'm weird i like it when i love it when my partner is like a little mean like a little for a lack of a better word bitchy like mm,
1: it's
0: very attractive to me i don't don't know why yeah. listen yeah. i i like to find balance in my life you know i have self-love but with it comes a little bit of self-hate, you know? Yeah. I was like there's always one part of ourselves, like that little voice in the back of your head that's like you could do a couple more reps in the gym, you know. You know, you could you could be a little more attentive. All right? You could call home a little bit more. Oh you no, know? I like that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so, so I was like I so was like I was like everybody's like oh my god, no, don't hate yourself love. You. I was like I don't mean you know, I love myself. I love myself more than any person on this planet. But also let's say humble. Let's 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 be a little zen here. And knock ourselves down a little bit, all
2: right? My biggest turnoff is poor communication. I think the more I've learned about myself and how relationships work, uh, the more open a relationship is with the communication lines, uh, the better a chance it has to work. So if you're not communicating and you're not, um, being vulnerable with me, that's going to turn me off because I'm going to feel like you are not all in with this relationship. yeah, um if you could go back in
0: time time machine back to the not back to the future because that's going forward. If we can go back in time and you can tell your younger self um some advice about dating or sex. Uh, what would that look like?
1: To be honest with you, even when I think about early on in my stages of development and dating, I mainly chose people off of character Mm -hmm. and, you know, who they were in their hearts. Um, and I I do think that's a foundational thing, um, so I think this would be more personal for me. I would just say think more of yourself. Mm. I've wasted away I've wasted away time and resources and energy on some people who weren't worth my time or good enough.
0: Listen, um, time is one of the most valuable and sacred things that you
2: could give to somebody.
0: Um, so I understand that.
2: Alright, so if I can go back in time, some advice I'd give my younger self about sex or relationships uh, would be really to be more mindful about how my actions are affecting someone else. I I think treat the other person like you want to be treated and really, really own that. I think there was many times in my past where uh, I put the relationship second in many ways. Um, and it was due to some mindless actions. So if that is the case, I shouldn't have been in a relationship. And I think, honestly, the, the main piece of advice actually I'd give my younger self is to give yourself more love. Give yourself the love you desire first and foremost, before you get into a relationship. So when you do get in a relationship, you can show up and be able to give that love to someone else.
0: What is one thing that you think you can improve on as a partner?
1: I need to learn how to be a partner. I've been single most of my life. Right. I mean, I it sounds bad, but I've never really been in a serious relationship. I mean, I've dated a lot. I've had a lot of one night stands in the past. And so I was never all in. But I would say that while I don't think that's a healthy way to carry on in relationships, at least from my perspective and my belief system, It was appropriate for the time i was in and what i was doing Mm -hmm. now that i'm older and i've experienced things that's not at all what i want and so um you know it's just it's a different perspective when you for me at least now that i've reached a different place in life i'm ready to be present i'm ready to be there with someone who i believe is at a place where we can engage each other and build something together. So I'm, I'm present now, you know, so for me, it would be just to be all the way in with someone that's healthy. Cause I, I got a bad thing of picking people who aren't healthy and have a series of things they need to take care of aside from all the things that we would need to take care Mm -hmm. of together. And so, you know, choosing better and, and being there fully.
2: Um, All right. So one thing I think I can improve on as a partner, I think uh, I have some some more layers to shed, um, and I think I can open up more um, as a partner with when whenever I get into a relationship on a on a grander scale, and uh, and honestly, I I look forward to that challenge. I think that's that's why the the biggest turn on I have is, is someone that can challenge me on this uh, intellectual level, because uh, I think I I do have a lot of improvement um, to be made, but it's, it's an exciting improvement I think to be made.
0: Man, I just always enjoy this. I hate that this is like this part of the show, because that also means it's the end of the show. And that means we're going to wrap this up. Uh, So that was five questions, but I want more. All right. You know, what's one thing that, or not even that, I'm not going to ask you like a would you rather type question. Uh, Vulnerability. Crap, what was the question? I had it in my head and it just flew up. Do you ever find it hard to be vulnerable with somebody and then why?
1: I do. Uh, More so with people outside of my family. I think as, as the Lord has softened my heart, I've been able to be more vulnerable with them and not carry on so much stuff and, and lay those things down. So, cause you need to be able to be naked and be straight up with someone. So not as much with my family, although I still have work to do there so I can be better for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but for sure, you know, there's people that I care about or people that I meet regularly. And I think some of it is a defense mechanism because um, I don't think that you should give what's precious to you, to everyone. And so you, you do need to be be careful. Um, and then there's the other side of that as an adult, knowing that we're made differently Sometimes when you give too much or you give of yourself, others can't take that on, nor should others take that on. Mm-hmm. And so knowing when to script that but not be fake and knowing when it's OK is something to consider. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I'm challenged in that, you know, regularly. But for the most part, I, I do feel like if if you ask people about me, those that know me and those that just met me, I think the the consensus would be, man, he's a pretty open guy. He seems pretty straightforward. Now, I'm an introvert. So sometimes when I go into seclusion to get my energy, people decipher and think whatever they want about that. Mm -hmm. But now when you got me, for the most part, you got me. But I do believe it's levels to this. And some relationships, you can do that. And some, you shouldn't. So yeah, that's what I would contribute to that question.
2: Do I think it's hard to be vulnerable with others and why? I think uh there's certain people I, it's it's harder to be vulnerable with because you've already established a relationship with them that might not be vulnerable so you have to break the mold. Uh, some relationships are easier because you are on the the same frequency and it's it's channeling ease when it comes to the vulnerability but uh yeah there's definitely some Uh, relationships that I have in my life even with family um, even with a lot of guy friends that um, it is harder to be vulnerable with but I think the way to correct that is to to lead the way and it is tough maybe when someone's not going to feel comfortable to you expressing yourself in a vulnerable way but I think the main question is you have to ask yourself is, is it going to benefit you to hold back? And would you want to hold back if you only have one life to lead? And I think that's the answer right there is uh, vulnerability is is fully living. It's not holding back. And that's why we need to flip it.
0: All righty. That brings us to the end of another episode of the Not-So-Bad Bachelor Pat. Thank you, Philip. Thank you, Andrew, for coming on and just doing what we do, just having this chat. It was a very important topic to, I know, all of us. Being vulnerable is something that doesn't always come natural, but that should change. Like, so we should start stripping away these layers so that we can be our more authentic selves and so we can have better relationships with regards to quantity of relationships, but quality as well. There's something about being able... To just be yourself in front of somebody that makes that person all the more special to you. So hopefully anybody and everybody listening to this episode, you know somebody who would benefit from listening to this. Or don't forget to like, share, subscribe, do all that amazing fun stuff. Other big things that are happening in the not-so-bad sphere is we are starting a Patreon where I will be uploading additional bi-monthly content where it's just an episode with just me. And we kind of do like a righteous and ratchet type thing. I feel like a lot on the show, we've shifted to focus more on self-development, which I think to be a major key and one of the reasons I started the show. But also, I'm not going to lie to you guys. You know this. I'm pretty upfront. I'm on the seesaw right now. You know, I'm balancing back and forth between being a functional dope and then being a blazing car fire. So if you want to hear more about me, just not not doing well in life and just crashing burning and creating all types of chaos tune in to the content that's going to be the bonus episodes that are going to be on patreon and we are also going to move from thursdays into we're going to see how bachelor sunday goes you know that way there's just a weird day to me and things are getting busy as we open back up from the kind of the pandemic so we're going to shift things to sunday and see if Works If not, we'll go back to Thursdays, but just for the foreseeable future, get ready for Sunday drops and maybe even, you know, the occasional double episode uh, in a week or so. Um, I've had a lot of great guests coming up. I'll see all you beautiful people on the next one.